2: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things
0: geek. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit
1: red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam.
3: Trust your audio to task him. Sound thinking.
2: To another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers Three, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. But you know, guys, just like the Mandalorian tribe on Navarro, I have found yet another member of the Smugglers Guild in a far off land. And that would be the gentleman who's behind the Smugglers Room on YouTube and at smugglersroom.com. It's Brian Thompson. How's everyone doing tonight?
1: Awesome. You guys rock. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. Mm-hmm. We like
0: having friends on. <laughs>
2: so, hey, have you done a lot of podcasts or are we a first?
0: Um, I I have I think this is the
1: fourth or fifth right around that neighborhood. Okay. But uh yeah, it's it's bec- it's become such a popular thing and there's so many great ones out there especially for the maker community and and uh, the Star Wars community. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off with this split
2: Nevermind. We have no questions. We, we go at this raw. We're not that type. Um, Tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel and how you got started.
1: Sure. Um, We, we got started. It was more of a challenge, I think, from my wife than anything else. Um, One of the projects I've had ongoing for years was, uh, a request to turn our basement into a spaceship. And that comes from, you know, being young and just loving star Wars, right. And just wanting to have that as, as, uh, as a place to hang out and that we never could get done when I was a kid. So as we, as I got older and, uh, she asked me what I wanted for my birthday one year, I said, well, I, I want to turn the basement into a spaceship. I, I think most wives say, "Well, you, you want to build a man cave or something like that." And I was very clear: no, it's a spaceship. And mm-hmm. um we, so you know, we spent a couple of years. I did a first rendition or a first version, if you will, and it never got finished. Right? We just, I just kind of hit roadblocks. Wasn't satisfied, whether it was the the experience I had as as a maker and a builder, or or what. But we just never got to that point. And then. Later, after abandoning that project for maybe a year, I said, "I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it right this time. I'm going to I'm going to take my time, and we're going to have a plan." And she said, "You should uh, you should record it. You should film it, and you should throw it up there. And maybe there's somebody else out there that's thinking about doing something, and you could share some tips and whatever." And that's all it took. And from that point forward, we've been not only building the room, but we just make projects every week and try to the whole goal is to try to get someone that maybe's never tried to make anything and step out into their garage or set up on their kitchen table or wherever the whatever the case may be. And build something and it's kinda of morphed into that. So that's yeah, that's a lot of words on where this whole crazy journey started. You're you're hired.
2: As soon as I <laughs> as soon as I win the lottery and we build our <laughs> our dream house or our, our oh, I guess sort of dream house, dream the build the house that fits all of our needs. I've already talked about yeah. um, I want an office slash room you know, with its own T V of course a spot for me to podcast from. And yeah. I would love to have it as a place to display all my Star Wars stuff, but also be Star Wars ship themed. Right, right, so, right. I, I think you're hired
1: when <laughs> that time comes. Um, I'll
2: be- now, I will say, um, I work for the mouse uh, down here in okay. Florida. Right. And when Galaxy's Edge opened, I'm like, ooh. And then I started seeing people do... Um, Stuff like modifications to cell phone cases to make the data yeah. pad. Uh, I've seen a few people do bumpers for for Apple watches. I'm like, ooh, hey. I would love that. I would love to do that for a permanent wear on my wrist, not just. <laughs> um, so I I got inspired. Uh, my wife's uncle has a 3D printer, so I found a plan, made some tweaks, and you may be pro- you may like this. I have my own plate to hey, go on a auto bo- I have an OtterBox that does not have the the preview. Basically, what I have is an older version or an older silicone of this particular case Right, where it's just barely, almost at that point, well, I bought two and I left one on purpose to be pretty tight so I could use it for this project. Yeah. And that will go on just like that. Once I get it painted, make it look like yeah. it's, it's popping out with the nice rubber bump. All right, So, hitting that maker community myself. Um, and then another <laughs> friend of mine has just made a bunch of uh, gribbles for my daughter and I to put on our backpacks and and, and, and jackets or whatever for when we go into the park. Um, so we're we're getting into it. We're we're excited.
1: That's so, awesome. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't know if you've listened to the show. These guys are.
1: Above. I have since you reached out.
2: Yeah these guys are about to hate me because uh, since you're a, a, p- and here we thought you forgot. No, <laughs> of course not. And here we hoped. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were really, you were hoping I forgot. No, <laughs> just, just like a bad batch of blue bantha milk. It comes right back up <laughs> every time. Um, so I have three cards in front of me for Smuggler's Feud, and I will let you pick one, two, or three. Two or oh, three. And I hope oh. you were looking forward to this. <laughs> so i tell you here in a second. Okay, this one you could think Star Wars. There are some questions. It's like, don't even think like a Star Wars fan because it's right out the window. <laughs> name something. Those are our favorites. Name something you associate with Star Wars, and there's eight answers. Okay. <laughs> So, Brian, Brian gets to s- start first. See see if we could get another YouTuber to have our first YouTuber because I believe you guys beat Dan O when we had him on, right?
0: I don't even remember. You're the one to keep track. <laughs> no, I don't keep track of
2: which actual show, but right now, other creators used to be other podcasters. Other creators are up 12 to 11. So,
3: so Brian, I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, that's how many times we played, huh? <laughs>
2: Yeah. So name something you associate with Star Wars.
1: Oh, I just name anything? Yep, name yeah. anything. It's just like Family Feud. But Gotcha. We're not
2: going you're not going to go till you hit three strikes. We're going to go bounce them back and forth.
1: And I'm trying to stump Derek and... You're trying to... We're trying to get more right than we do. You're, you're trying to
2: get <laughs> them to get to three strikes before you get to three strikes. Name something I associate with Star Wars.
1: And it can be anything.
2: With this question, it could be any... You could think like a Star Wars fan, yes.
1: Okay. Uh, graphics.
3: That actually makes it difficult. What was that, Brian? Graphics.
2: Mm. Uh. You're, you're you're almost thinking too much like a maker. Oh, okay. Not a Star Wars maybe, fan.
1: Maybe I'm misunderstanding.
3: <laughs> so
2: we'll we go radio. first, Derek.
3: Alright. Um oof. See the hard the hard part is there's so many things. Uh-huh. Exactly. I am going to go with lightsabers.
0: Good answer.
3: Good answer. Number one answer. Yeah. So back to Brian.
1: Blasters. Good
2: good guess, but no. Really? Yeah.
1: I'm,
0: I'm I guess maybe I'm way confused. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's it's the game.
0: Yeah, it's just oh, the okay. way the game is. You're on so the this right Death track. Star Yeah. Death Star.
2: Number seven. Back to you, Brian. Droids. Quick out.
3: Oh
1: no.
0: See I was gonna See, be I, I really?
1: See, graphics, I blasters, and droids are not Star Wars? <laughs>
3: Oh my! <laughs> not
2: not <laughs> what the average person on the street would be oh, saying.
1: Gotcha.
3: Uh, I, I would strikes. have thought droids would have been. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, number see. eight. Yeah, I have two things. Oh, to think. Brian, of. Brian already hit three
2: strikes. You already
0: got the three strikes. Oh, that's right. He. done. Okay. Wow. So number eight. Wow.
2: Okay. Number eight. <laughs> Millennium Falcon. Number <laughs> six. Space. Number, really? <laughs> number five, the dark side. <laughs> number four, Darth Vader. Ah, I
0: thought he'd be higher oh, up on
2: the list. Number three. Yeah. Jedi. Yeah. That was another one I was And number thinking. two, the Force. Mm. Even though the other answers were great answers and could have been on the
1: list, <laughs> it's not what... I thought I was trying to stump Derek and Ken there, I guess. That's what I thought I was doing, but it's all right. <laughs> So, you
3: see why we love that game so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great game. Why is it a great game? Because it will test your head and your mind and your brain <laughs> and your patience. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um so since starting the YouTube channel, what's been your most favorite project? Your your most personal favorite project?
1: Um that's that's a good question. Actually, um, the the projects themselves are are interesting, but it's it's more the experience that we are having as time has gone on. When we started the channel, it was all about the project, and now it's been more about working with people. So I hate to pull this card, but I want to give you three. Unfortunately,
2: well, this one. <laughs>
1: Um, And the the reason I say that is because the the first one I'd have to – would be the first one I would have to say is the wooden lightsaber that I made with my dad. So we call my dad the Junkyard Jedi because he's actually (laughs) builds projects for us. And his whole – my whole life, it's all been – always been about what he could find from the Junkyard or somewhere else and make some great project out of it. And uh, he was up during the summer, and we were – gonna make a project and decided we would make a wooden lightsaber and so the, the experience of working with him on that was was amazing um the other would be that i i worked with uh bob claggett from i like to make stuff Who's another youtube channel big big youtube channel and Bob's a an amazing Star Wars fan, and has built an entire um, an entire world for himself from making things. And it's all things, not just props and stuff, but it's furniture and and whatever else that that he comes up with. Him and his team, and that collaboration together on a Star Wars themed, I guess you would call it an entertainment center of some sorts. It's where they had their podcasting equipment, their AV equipment, as well as a display in their office. And it's completely themed out uh, like it was something right out of a Star Wars movie. And we got to make certain elements for that project and send them to them. And they used it. And it was a great collaboration. And then most recently, um, my wife has been slowly and being part of what we're doing, the, the projects we're making, the smuggler's room, the whole the whole nine yards. And so we've been making projects together. And recently we we did a couple of blasters for some Mandalorian costumes that we're building that we're hoping, you know, in celebration in 2022, they'll be complete and we'll be able to go together. But we're working on all these different elements of that costume together. And that that has been a lot of fun to see, Someone coming in that that doesn't make things a lot and is now completely immersed in it. And uh, yeah, so that's why I say there's three. It's been more about the makers I've been able to work with, family or otherwise.
2: Okay. Now, on the opposite end, what's apparently been the fan favorite project where you've had the most viewers?
1: Ah, there's uh, the, the, the fan favorite is probably the room build. That's, that's a little bit of a challenging our, – our best video to date has been the initial video we did on basically announcing the room build. So there's been a lot of people that have watched that, and subsequently we've had multiple episodes because the room is a massive project, and we've broken the room down into sections and parts. So every time we do a room build, it, it draws a large audience. Yeah. Um, so that's been the most successful. And then probably second to that has been our, our astromech build our R2D2 build. And ours is called lefty. Um, the quick short story behind that is we build two thirds scale droids. So they're literally two thirds the size of a full astromech and we've made all the parts, but when I built mine, I made him out of all the leftover parts we had after my dad had built his. So I call him lefty for leftover parts. Oh, cool. But they're fully working, 100% <laughs> functional astromech droids. They're just a little bit smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that.
0: Nope. Now, when you got into videos, did you have any experience making videos or filming or anything before this has started? Or is it all just learning on the fly?
1: Yeah, zero. It, it's all been learning. You know, buying cameras and figuring out how to shoot and learning how to edit and all the things that go with it. And so we watched a lot of YouTube channels that I've found the quality to be really good and then do our best to try to make sure that our quality is as best as it can be because I mean, you know youtube is a vast environment there's you know there's millions of channels um and i figured if someone was going to stumble on ours we needed to put as much work into it as we possibly could and so we just keep trying to raise the bar <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh, actually so when what you, said do you quality, find actually I have the um, How to Build a Star Wars Room Episode 1 running in the background here, just wa- just watching with the sound off, and it looks awesome. It looks like you, something you would see on actually one of the TV, TV channels, the DIY TV channels. Thank you. I appreciate
2: that. I, I think the first time I watched that video, I was waiting for a cameo appearance of Jesse James, I have him come in and go, This is Monster House. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I consider that one of our rougher videos, too. I mean, it's the most viewed, but it's it was before we we started to really kind of figure out energy and pace. You know, it's there's nothing worse than clicking on a video and it's 10 minutes of, whoa. when are they going to get to something right? Like, when are they going to start doing something? And so now we try to be fast and to the point and then get into the building process and start making something happen
3: so what what have you found to be the most difficult part of doing the actual videos?
1: I would say that learning the learning how much time it takes. do it the way we want it done. You know, in some YouTube channels, it's, it's, I want to come up with a topic and I'm going to talk about it for five or six minutes. I'm going to splice it all together and throw some music and done. But for us, it's, well, I need to come up with a project that somebody would want to do or be inspired by. I need to build the project. I need to film it with enough interest that it's fun to watch somebody building something. Then I have to edit it and figure out how to be uh, engaging with an audience during the narration and the little parts that you actually see me, and then put all that together and then do that every single week while working a full-time jobs. <laughs> so it's a challenge, and, it, and, it, and sometimes it, it really, it's, it's a struggle. But there, there's been such a positive response from the audience we have especially the the core audience that comes back every single week and watches everything and then sends messages how excited they are to go start their own project. And even better yet, the projects that they're sharing with us, you know, that they send via email or social media. We get images of the stuff that they're working on and we find out that, you know, mom and dad are working with kids or, you know, husband and wife are working together on a project project. We've had military people that that have come back from overseas and really struggled to get their feet under them, and and found our channel and started building something, and that gave them a lot of motivation to do stuff. And it, I don't know, you're you're, you're touching people in a way that's really positive because you're a total nerd and you love building goofy stuff, and that's just incredible. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: as we've been talking, you know, we talked about the uh, wanting to do the the bumper from a, from my Apple Watch. I'm sitting there uh-huh. going, where can I go? Because I know you have a resin printer, a resin 3D printer.
1: Yeah, recently we got one. And, and it still
2: does the hard resin, not a silicone flex resin.
1: No, it's, it's hard resin. Yeah, you so, have to cure it, but yeah.
2: So I'm sitting there going, how can I go and take one of these bumpers, make a mold with it, uh-huh. put all the greeblies on it that I want. To create what I, the look I want, and then right. recast that so it could, and, and the coloring, and, and have the, the colors within that mold so when it dries and cures, it's somewhat colored to what I want to put back on the I watch. See. Okay, I'm I'm giving myself a more complicated project here than I'm Yeah, I've been able
1: to. I mean, in order to cap, in order to mold it, once you have a mold, in order to make a cast of it, to do it in multiple colors so it comes out fairly finished is something I've never done. I mean, it's typically the resin goes into the mold and comes out gray or white or whatever tint you would give it. Yeah. I guess you could. You know, that that definitely is a more complicated route. I don't know how I would do it. I I haven't figured that part out yet, (laughs) but
2: I know there's silicone mold kits out there to, to create. So that, that's, that's the key thing is that, is that part of it. Right. Um, Now you said uh, when you, when Derek, uh, if you had experience doing videos like this beforehand, you said, no, what is it you do do for a living?
1: Um, for for the last twenty one years I've worked in the custom audio video industry. So it's um it's it's designing, install install, programming and, and whatnot of whole home or smart home integration. Um so my, my college degree was in graphic design, but when I came out of college the industry was really saturated, so I shifted to something I had experience in, which was audio and video design and integration, and then I've been I kind of got into that route and stayed there for, you know, for the last 21 years or so. And so that's, yeah, that's more or less what I do for a living. So,
2: so no, so knowing some of the gear that you were going to be getting into really wasn't Uh, that
1: far off then. Um, it, it was, and it wasn't. So I have never done much with cameras. Um, and I purchased a DSLR camera, which is a, you know, the type of camera that has a, a lens that you can attach different lenses onto a body and, And that was foreign to me. Um, But the audio portion and the video portion after the fact is is was a little bit of knowledge. But I'd never edited videos before. Um, I found I I think early on one of my inspirations was uh, Peter McKinnon, who's a massive YouTube star. Right. Uh, When I stumbled on him, it was right after he had started, actually. So I, I'd kind of been one of the first, let's call it 30 or 40,000 subscribers to what he was doing, but he was teaching a lot of things. He does photography, but he also taught a lot about video. And so he would do things like an episode where he showed you how to film yourself side by side on a small couch and he would walk you through the entire process and then then i found channels like film riot which is a uh, of, uh, often is referred to as an, an indie filmmakers paradise because for the better part of the last six or seven years they've been making videos on how to make videos with you know you don't have any lighting great here's a bar of lights that you can get from a bathroom and you can hang a you know, a transparent film over the top and get a nice soft light on your environment. So it was just diving into all of that and then applying it to things I knew and then crossing my fingers and hoping that I didn't put it up on YouTube and everybody's like, who's this guy? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing, right? (laughs) Because you put yourself out there for the world. You better be ready for whatever comes back at you.
2: (laughs) So when you do a video, Does it typically be, is it typically a single camera shoot or are some of them multi-cams? And so how many cams do you go up to or have gone Um, up to? It
1: used to be single. Yeah, it used to be single for the first year and a half. And then we bought a second camera. And so now we'll, we'll do two, um, not on every episode it's, uh, for us, it's more about, okay, what are we building? And then what is the best view that we can give an audience on what we're making? And we're not a step-by-step channel, right? We're not, we're not showing you here's a drill bit. Here's how you drill a hole. Here's how you put a bolt in it. We are more of a, here's an idea that we have, and we're going to show you the different steps, but it's more about, here's what we made now go make yours. So we try to use the cameras that are necessary for whatever it is we're working on. Um, yeah, and we're hoping in the future to do more, at least a few times a year, to do more elaborate videos where we, we just recently for Halloween did a, a Chucky and Carbonite, right? It was taking our love of horror movies and combining it with Star Wars. And so when we did it, we said, well, yeah, we're going to make a project, but let's have some fun with it. So the whole first part of it is all about Chucky terrorizing us in our house. And so we did kind of a miniature movie, if you will. And it pushes us to try new things and put cameras in in the refrigerator and different lighting around it and, and see what we can come up with at the end. And we found that we really like the cinematography part of that, so I, I think we will try to do that more in the future.
2: See, seeing that now gives me a thought for my room, and, and these guys are going to appreciate it. One of my favorite movies when I was in high school was Howard the Duck. It's still one of my favorite oh, movies. Yeah. I will have to do Howard the Duck and Carbonite. That would be excellent. That would be excellent. <laughs> I think these guys would be okay with that.
3: You know, my daughter would. Yeah, maybe then you could stop talking about them. No. Yeah, no.
2: <laughs> no. Nope. Sorry. Survey says. <laughs> so, um, you guys have any other questions for Brian about his channel?
0: I, I'm just sitting here. While I'm, <laughs> I got you, stuck uh, on the YouTube rabbit hole. I'm watching <laughs> the uh, Star Wars cornhole board. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That thing is told, awesome. The Starlight that current hole.
2: Told you guys. We
0: got to make the other
1: side. We got to make the other side this spring. So it's ready for the summer.
3: So how yeah. many.
0: The other how side many, could be the space slug. Uh,
3: that's what I was just thinking.
0: Actually, yeah. Do an yeah. asteroid with the space slug.
3: <laughs> do you have like right now, do you have like a ton of ideas in in, uh, in your mind of things you'd love to do? Or is it more focus on one thing at a time?
1: Um, that's been the challenge, honestly, since the beginning was deciding how to juggle that. Uh, Mm. I use a, I use a program called Milanote and it's, it's, it's just one of those different kind of boards programs. Um, there's a bunch of them out there. And last year I just had a ton of different stuff all laid out and it was like the week would show up and we, and it would be whatever was the most interesting to me at that moment. And over the last six months or so, my wife says, because she's heavily, heavily involved in the whole process now. She does most of the editing, actually, for us, because there's just not enough time in the day for one person to do it all. Um, And she said, you know, what we need to do is we need to come up with a plan. And we also need to be able to satisfy an audience, which isn't something I was thinking about before. And what I say is, when I say that, I mean there are people that subscribe to our channel because we're building an actual room and they want to see that. And then there are others that are subscribed because we're building a complete set of Mandalorian costumes and they want to see that. And droid builds and so on. So you can't please everybody all the time, even though we would love to. But what we realized is every month, we need to make sure that there's a room build video and something related to the Mandalorian costumes or whatever series we have going on. So in November, we sat down and said, okay, here's our plan for six months. These are the projects. And it forced me to commit to those. And that that's a benefit for two reasons. One, we're going to start providing people with the stuff they want to see. But two, it allows us to plan more for those projects so that they, they can become more elaborate than, than they end up being. Because a lot of times we start a project and I get halfway through and I'm thinking, I've got two days to finish this, so I'm not going to be able to do these 10 things that would have made that such a great thing. Instead, now we're a month ahead, and it gives me the time or her the time to add those details we wouldn't have otherwise. So right. it's it's a question of how much time there is in the day and how little I want to sleep. Thank God I don't have kids. Otherwise, <laughs> there's no way this would happen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I have a kid, and I barely make this
3: happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I could only imagine, I mean. Do you draw
3: blueprints before you begin, or do you just kind of wing it?
1: um, I draw blueprints for the complicated things. So I'm, I'm building a paint booth right now for the shop. It's a it's a piece of equipment that living in Colorado, if it's winter time, I can't paint outside. Yeah, mm. you get nice days, but by the time I get done with work and it's dark outside, I can't paint. It's too cold. So I've been wanting to right. build a paint booth, but I can't. I'm the type of person I can't just build a box that has a fan in it that allows me to paint inside. It's got to be an entire production. So it's got to be Star Wars themed and it's covered in greeblies and it's got lighting and all the things you would find in a film and then also be a paint booth. And so we draw that kind of thing up. And then other projects are just let's dump a bunch of junk out on the table and let's see if we can convert, you know, a refrigerator into something that fits in the Star Wars world. So it's a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, so um, I'm kind of uh, not really totally familiar with this world myself. So I know a little bit, but so I got to ask, what the heck is a Greebly?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. So it's it happens to be one of my favorite things. I, there are people that are Star Wars fans because they love Han, Luke, and Leia and Chewie, right? Or the droids. There are people that love the stories. They love different aspects of it. I love the texture that Star Wars created. And what I mean mm. is, it's the look and feel of a used universe, which really came out of the mind of Roger Christian, who was the set decorator that was hired. To make a used universe on a, stru- a shoestring budget and make it so that it was something you've never seen before. And on top of that, George Lucas starts Industrial Light Magic, Magic, ILM, and hires a bunch of guys to build models and then build models of the spaceships. And while they were building that, there was discussions about what you do to the exterior of a spaceship. Take a Star Destroyer, for example, to give it the look that it has. Imagine a Star Destroyer, the big white or gray ship, however you want to define it, that looks like a triangle. And if it didn't have any texture on it, it would look very flat. It would look it would look almost, you know, it would just be plain. But all the details right. you see on that, those were all texture added by the model makers by taking a bunch of models, literally like kit what they call kit bashing. It's taking mm-hmm. all the bits and parts and pieces off of models and gluing it to a structure. To give it texture. And George Lucas is known as coining the phrase greeble or Greebly to and the way he explained it was it was giving shape to something that could not otherwise be defined. And that was the best way he could describe it. And so the term greeblies was was born. There's argument in deep, dark, nerd circles that it was either George Lucas that did it or John Dykstra, who was head of ILM at the time, but either way, it's generally right. recognized that it's it's all the little bits that they add to it. So there can be little greeblies on ships or big greeblies inside uh, the interior of a ship of some kind that they filmed. Well,
2: it's like with uh, Force Awakens. One of the biggest greeblies or Easter eggs is the Batman, uh, the Batman the Bat- tumbler. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, at Galaxy's Edge here in Florida, the Millennium Falcon has... A toy Falcon on the underside on yeah. the ship.
0: So disappointed that
1: the Galaxy's Edge in Disney didn't have it. It's only in Florida. Yeah, I look everywhere at Galaxy's Edge in California when I went out there. Yeah,
2: <laughs> so um, it's stuff like that, and you know, we talked about it earlier. You know, Gribblies, I, I found stuff on, on Thingiverse, different Griblies, and had a friend of yeah. ours um, print them all for us because I don't have a 3D printer at sure. the moment. I'm now seriously considering it. Um, I just don't have room for it at the moment. Um, of course, we're going to paint these up how, how I want mine, how she wants hers, and you know, then we'll you – know, I've got um, – Name tag magnets, uh-huh. which is similar to what I use for my name badge at work, uh, so I'm not poking holes in my costumes that I could attach to these. That way, we could take them on and off the bags,
3: yeah, at any yeah. time
2: we want and change the look of it. Um, it's like we also did because of the pandemic, um, these nice little cases. I don't know if you see this right. Oh, yeah, um nice little case that we got to go back and paint to give it some texture, but it's got that Star Wars S look for a yeah. canister for, of course, the right. back you s- squeeze here to. Re- yeah, measure. there you go.
1: It's got the panel lines on it and things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I tried, I tried weathering the one that I have in gray with Sharpies. I'm like, yeah, this didn't work. It's time to paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's time sure. to paint. So, But having all that color hopefully bleed through the paint some will will help yeah. give it some nice effect.
1: Giving that weathered look, yeah.
2: Um, so you talked about going to Disney. I'm assuming you've built a droid and built lightsabers out there?
1: I didn't do a lightsaber, but we we did. My wife wanted to build a droid. Um, and funny enough, I was kind of like, really? Do you want to do that? And she said, yeah, I do. And so we let her and in our in a couple of weeks ago we did a video where she she modified the droid she built at Disney and it made me bonkers excited about it because she took something that was was very basic and then weathered it and added all the details to it that she wanted and completely customized it it, it was just such a it was such a cool transformation so when we finally get to go back i'm i'm going to have to get my own and and do the same thing
2: I'm almost afraid to do that. I mean, I know some place where I can get vinyl decals to add more color to mine, but to to go to what y'all did, I'm almost afraid to, to
1: do it. Nah, just go for it. I mean, we we took the whole thing apart. It was it was really easy to take apart and repaint. And if you made a mistake, sand it off, repaint it and go for it again. I mean, it's it's uh it's really all just paint. I mean, she added some wiring and Did some unique things to it as far as that goes. But I 3D modeled a backpack for it, and we put that on there, and that was fun. Um, Yeah, and and there's actually a a Facebook page, uh, Mobu's Droid Factory Facebook page. There are makers out there doing all kinds of incredible stuff to there, and they're sharing their process. So. One thing I've, I've learned about the maker community, whether whether you're a Star Wars fan or you're making something else, a horror fan or whatever it is, there's a lot of groups on Facebook where the people that do it share everything they know about building something, making something, modifying something. And the communities that social media can be a downer, but they can also be really great for getting in the right groups of people that share your exact passion. And and then you can get all kinds of help on and stuff like this now i know you've done the droid
2: interface for the room
1: uh-huh have you yeah. made
2: a small one for your wife's droid or your future droid
1: no i haven't but uh right after she finished her project i said you know we're, we're gonna have to scale one down just for yours and do this whole thing so it's on the list
2: <laughs> very cool very cool so you guys got anything else before i hit a story or two
0: I think we covered a lot of it. They, there's some awesome stuff. Like I said, I'm stuck um, flipping through some of these videos also while we're talking. <laughs> I, it,
2: the channel's a great channel. I, I warned you guys ahead of yeah. time. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so, uh trying to – I had a uh, – Rogue One prequel series and or will not – Include popular character at first. Shall we take? That a, makes sense. Shall we take? I'm glad a, that one in the, the song, uh,
0: title says at first. <clears throat> There's a couple of them that yeah. just say there <laughs> he's not going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: so of course the series is going to focus on Cassian uh, many Um fi- Many fans are excited about the return of uh, Alan Tudyk's reprogrammed murder droid. I didn't think he was a murder droid. I, I don't remember them being. C- he
0: acts like a murder droid in the um, in Rogue One. Yeah. 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 But but he's he, a security he, he, droid technically.
2: Right. Which is different than something like a triple zero who yeah. is a murder droid or a torture droid. Well
0: you gotta remember, people writing these articles are usually um writing them for general audiences. Yeah. Who don't right? know the difference yeah. between like an actual assassin droid and a security droid. We <laughs> know the difference. <laughs>
2: um <laughs> so, what is What it's sounding like is, I'll let you guys tell me if this, if you guys think this is a great idea or not. Uh, Tudyk has recently indicated he may not be involved at all in the first season of Andor. How do you guys feel about that? Before I go into the rest of this.
0: I think that's fine because basically that way we can actually meet Cassian before he meets up with K2 and then we will actually get to see him meeting K2. Kind of like in Solo where we actually see Han Solo meet Chewbacca.
2: Now would you we yeah. get
0: that type of moment in like a second or a third season of Andor? Would, a great way to end the first season.
2: That's where I was going to go. How would y'all feel if it was the cliffhanger to Oh, we see, wrap up the story of the final episode of the season. And then you turn and he's, he turns and he sees K2 there and you just see him either grabbing him or starting to do a reprogramming to, to help him for whatever befalls Cassian in in season
3: two. Well, on the one hand, that would be kind of interesting, but on the other hand,
0: I really want my K2SO. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Being where when the show is and all of that, we may get plenty of K two S O, just not actually be him. Because yeah. remember, Rogue One, he There was at least two or three other ones we saw, wasn't there? Uh, we, saw we saw at least, saw at least one, one other one. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that the, was yeah.
2: In, in the I call it the train, it's the the London tunnel s- set yeah. because that's what so it was. Was the London tunnel?
3: That, then the question will remain: At what point will Cassian meet? K2SO, will it be when he's already, you know, broke his programming, or will he help him with that, or... Good thought.
0: I don't know. I mean, for all we know, K2SO may have been a um, captured droid, or when they had been damaged um, where the droid, the right. Empire, left behind... And then right. Cassian's like, oh, I can do something with this. It, Cassian may not be the one who reprograms him. That, this is true, too. That's
3: very true. Yeah, Actually, very the, true.
0: the other way that I just got it, um, I'm wondering if K2SO wasn't um, a capture to reprogram droid to help... Cassian infiltrate the structure of the Empire mm-hmm. because K2 would walk right into any Imperial base because this is an Imperial security droid. So you put that with the Imperial security officer and now you're able to get in anywhere you want as a spy.
3: Hmm. Yeah,
0: You have more legitimacy because the Empire is the only ones that use these droids. you got to remember, this is a spy series. Right. So I'm thinking K2 was reprogrammed for the purpose of helping Cassian be able to um, get behind the Imperial lines basically into places that he would not normally be able to get into.
3: Yeah. So that that could probably, again, it's it. I'm okay with it. And it's cool. I assume, you know, they're going to make it a, an interesting story on how he, you know, aligns up with him. But as I said, I love my K2SO. Yeah. <laughs> Very- well, thanks.
0: The longer they wait before bringing him in, the better they'll make the story. Sure. <laughs>
3: I mean, we we kind of
2: have how they meet from the com- from the one shot comic. Yeah, but I would love to see it expanded on.
3: Well, so yeah, because then, I mean, if they're not going to have him right, right away, then they have to meet at some point in the series, right? Right. So. And, and it actually be great. I mean, and if you go from the comic, that episode's
2: technically already written. If you just st- you know, put on the beginning of that episode, uh, story, this episode inspired by the comic. Mm-hmm. Or was it, or is You been, I, have to do that. You just give um, the comic writer a writing credit on the show. Yeah. But yeah. That, but that's one you're going to have to stay close to the source material since that source material is canon. Right. And I think we lost Brian. He's like enjoying no, this I'm conversation. I'm right here.
0: He's right there. <laughs> I mean, I lost him I'm right
2: here. <laughs> It not lost them all as in call drop, but okay. just conversation may have gone further than he was looking at with the moment
1: no I, I i I agree with you guys. I think that uh I think that in order to make something like that an interesting show, you can't just start off the show with Cassian and n and k two already together because we're getting an origin story or a, a story of how Cassian comes up in the rebel uh group or what becomes rebels, so it, to me. It it would be really interesting not to see K2 until the end of the third season and then have some kind of interesting way of bringing those two characters together. Mm,
2: okay. uh, second story I got Star Wars The High Republic short series launches. Uh, I
0: just watched that actually before here, the first video of it. I have not watched I did not know this was Is happening. Is it animated or? Yeah. It's kind of done like a motion comic almost. So it's okay. a narration with some um, some light animation behind it of the character and some of the things they're talking about. It basically just gives you the backstory of some of the char- new characters in, um, in the new show. Gotcha.
2: Or in the new realm, yeah.
0: Yeah, in the new books and stuff.
2: So I guess so the... The first oh, episode is about Jedi Knight Vernesta Rowe.
0: Yeah, she's the ma- she's basically the main character of uh, the oh, what was the young adult book? The um, drawing a blank. Give me a minute. Trials of,
2: trials of the Temple.
0: Yes, yes, not Trials of the Temple. Um, oh, Temple's in the. Top. I'll have it here in just a second.
2: While you're doing that, Brian, what are you excited about with the High Republic to possibly um, bring into Smuggler's Room?
1: Um, I, you know, I was a huge. My wife and I both were huge Star Wars the Old Republic gamers. Um, that game that was out was it was such an uh, it was such a new take on everything that we'd ever seen. And when they announced yeah. the High Republic that was exciting because I would love to go back in time. I was a little disappointed that it wasn't as far back in time as I'd wanted it. I think it's 800 years, right? Roughly. No, 200, 200 is that correct. 200. 200 years. It's not even far enough. Yeah. So eight hundred years would be even better. Yeah, two hundred was a little too close to now. Like I want, I want them to go further back. Um, so I, you know, thus far, I haven't seen a lot to to figure out where our projects would fit in. But I know it's just going to get more and more rich as time goes on here.
0: Well, the cool thing that that
1: book—no, you know, um, funny—is
0: is Test of Courage. Test of Courage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anywhere,
3: anywhere else? If you said two hundred years is not far enough, it would have been a weird statement,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. that's thing. The nice thing is, I've read through a Test of Courage and Light of the Jedi, and I've read the first Marvel comic, and um, it's not the setting. And the um, tech describing it and stuff is not that different from where we're at already because yeah. in the Star Wars universe, we're talking about a universe that's been traveling through space for a couple thousand years by now. Right. Exactly. So 200 yeah. years is not that big of a change for right. them. exactly. Especially when you have characters are in um, species that live for three, four, five hundred years. Well, yeah. Yoda's 800 years right. old, right?
1: So exactly. So he's very relevant then, which is fine, but I wanted them to get – since Disney's purchased Star Wars – the, i wanted to see all of the things we never seen before i mean lucas created a universe that is almost infinite in possibilities right. so we've stayed in this very narrow tunneled vision of it um mandalorian was the first thing that came along that really stretched us and and it stretched us because it took us to a place that was we would not seen before We we spiked out to right. somewhere And Star Wars The Old Republic video game took us thousands of years back, and that was something exciting. So I want to see them do that more so we have a wider breath.
0: I think they will as things like The High Republic. um, The things where they stretch it a little bit farther, as those are well-received and they do well, they'll be able to stretch a little bit farther. Because you got to remember, when they first bought Star Wars, first thing they did was make The Force Awakens. I mean, the books that are leading up to it, but... And for – a lot of people had problems with The Force Awakens, but for me, I looked at it as, you know what? Disney had to prove that they can make Star Wars. Sure. And The Force Awakens, yeah. if nothing else, is 100 uh, um, percent that's a Star Wars film in a Star Wars universe.
1: Yes, 100 yep. percent. Which is why a lot of you. people
0: did, had, didn't have a major problem with it because it didn't expand enough. But they had to show yeah. you that, hey, I can do All something right. that looks like Star Wars. Then we can spread it a little.
2: Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and of course, the other complaint with it was, oh, it's just a rehash of A New Hope. Well, you know what? So was The Phantom Menace. Well, yeah. The Phantom Menace had a lot more
0: deviations than <laughs> The Force Awakens did. Force
2: Awakens still had quite yeah. a bit of deviation.
0: Yeah. But,
2: I mean, essentially, it's the key moments of A New Hope were found in Phantom Menace along with Force Awakens. I mean,
1: I mean you're talking about storytelling that is. You know, when, when Lucas is researching the first movies, he's going into Joseph Campbell and all of this mythology and bringing a lot of things to the center. Religion, politics, war and everything. There, there's not a whole lot of new original stories out there. Right. So a lot of the stuff rehashes itself over and over again. Yeah. Um, and and right. you're, you're going to please. It's what is that old saying? Like you can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. Yeah. And there there isn't a group, I would challenge anyone to find a group of passionate fans like there are Star Wars fans. And they're all passionate for a different reason. I, at the end of the day, when someone asked me, well, did you like the new Disney movies? My answer is, yeah, I'm getting Star Wars again. Uh-huh. So even the stuff I don't like,
0: I'm still getting Star Wars movies, and I haven't gotten one in
1: a long time. <laughs> And your
0: uh, statement about the fan base is um, right on because uh, we actually had Emily Swallows on here, who plays the Armorer, but yeah. she's also in another um, famously rabid fan base with the Supernatural. Supernatural. And she yes. said uh, she didn't realize there could be an, a fan base that's even almost, you could say, cra- or not crazier, but um, more rabid and even more passionate than Supernatural fans till she got put into Star Wars. And it was – <laughs> Then it made the supernatural look like she just kind of did something off to the side once in a while. and then Sure. <laughs> yeah. When she found yeah. Star Wars fans, all of a sudden, that's a totally different animal than anything else she'd ever experienced in her life. Well, it's yeah. funny.
2: It's yeah. funny you say that. I was watching um, a video. Is how was it? WWE's The Bump. Yeah. With Sasha Banks. And it was the, the episode the week. It was the episode after she premiered on Mandalorian. And... Obviously, we know how rabid and how um, passionate wrestling fans can be for her to talk about how she was a Star Wars fan and now a part of Star Wars canon with her character and being in the show and how it all came about. I'm wondering if she's truly prepared for what coming to a Star Wars convention or or coming to represent the Star Wars, her character from the Star Wars universe, is really going to be like for her that first time.
0: Well, knowing the um, WWE schedule for their performers, that may be a while before she can actually go and do some other conventions and stuff.
2: Well, it'll be a while before
0: there's conventions. conventions (laughs) but.
2: So, um, let me see. Let's see if there's anything from the the main home base of StarWars.com. We got the shorts.
0: Yeah, I looked it over. The, and it was got it was, the stuff April books. Yeah. Um. writing out on what we are what we've already covered. Here we go. First look uh-huh. at
2: all the Star Wars Funko Fair reveals. So, um, Funko has kicked off their first ever Funko Fair. Uh, As a two-week virtual event with a variety of uh, Star Wars-themed collectibles, including the first keychain collaboration between Star Wars and or Lucasfilm and Funko, a first in a series of Amazon exclusives rolling out all year long, and the often-requested Ben Solo from Star Wars: The Rise of Resistance or Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Resistance. No, that's a ride out in California and Florida. Um. As well as the new line of special Valentine's Day themed pops. So here's the rundown. We see the, the Kylo Ren or Ben Solo uh with the hole in the shirt from where he got ran by Ray's saber.
0: Um Yeah, that's cool looking. Have we at, well that's the first time um pencil has ever been put out in Funko, so
2: Yes. We've had
0: we've had plenty of Kylo Ren's. but
2: Yep. Uh we have Ray in her with her final saber. Which have you guys found it interesting? We we get introduced to this yellow saber, this new hilt, and there's nothing out there merch-wise of it for sale.
1: Doesn't Almost surprise like me. It didn't happen. Yeah, there wasn't any uh, the child stuff available for the first year after the Mandalorian. True, true. Also, with the
0: um I don't think the um Rise of Skywalker went over as well as they were hoping it would. Cuz if you look there's not a whole lot of Rise of Skywalker merch that specifically Rise of Skywalker.
2: Yeah, but this saber would have sold. True.
0: Yeah. Especially we say with the gross. We're not marketing guys.
2: <laughs> we say that. I say that because I know Zoe w- was wanting one.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll get one cuz everything in Star Wars will be made eventually.
2: Yeah um talking about a gribbly type look uh and this looks great and i see a lot of techniques that uh have been date have been shown on the smuggler's room babu frick yeah
1: yeah, I, yeah. I, have a, I, I have a project planned i don't want to share it but i've got one <laughs> but,
2: but i i love i love you because know, you guys have that um was it weathering paste or is the paste that you put on, you paint over the top of it and then you just rub it off.
1: Oh, the liquid latex. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. 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 I, I see some of that look done on obviously mass produced. It's all printed, but I'm sure they probably went to a mod you know, the original prototype and like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Sure. Um, then of course the Valentine's pops, uh, which there's mm-hmm. Darth Vader, R2 D2. Okay. I'm going to admit R2's cute. Uh Chewy, which is also cute. Chewy uh, looks
1: awesome.
2: There's also a storm yeah. there's also a stormtrooper yeah. and Yoda. Um, then we have the keychains, which I have the keychains for Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh courtesy of Regal Cinemas, because I had to burn rewards points before they put the points on hi- hiatus and said they'll still be here when we come back. Yeah, I had to burn points, so I bought keychains. Funko keychains. Um <laughs> so we have Funko Pop. Star Wars, the Mandalorian keychains. Of course we see Mando, see baby Yoda, see, uh, Moff Gideon. Uh, I'm becoming more and more of a Moff Gideon fan. I, there, I said it.
3: I love Jean Carlo Esposito. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm
2: digging where the villains that we had in the animated, he was able to bring to life with, with Moff Gideon. And it's a perfect villain. I mean, is he intimidating like like Maul or Vader? No,
3: but, man, is he sinister, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, Very now, Thrawn-like. He, yeah. He's more, yeah, I was going to say he's more like a Thrawn than a, than a Vader or Maul. We
0: don't, well, we don't know um, Gideon's backstory yet. He may have actually been a protege of Thrawn. That's true, too. Maybe. Uh, I can almost see that in his mannerisms and The way he does things
2: Which would tie in with the uh, Ahsoka episode Mm -hmm. Possibly Um,
0: I still say 100% everything in that Ahsoka episode Was to pilot the new series Oh yeah That's why it it was totally separate from the rest of the story Almost (laughs) Uh,
2: Then we have uh, Luke Skywalker with pin Amazon exclusive Uh, This is Luke in his um, Echo base outfit and all this could be that found. Pretty cool. All this could be found on StarWars.com. Uh, the Mandalorian mystery minis. This would be a set I could go after. Oh yeah, I could go after this set.
0: Quill. The only problems with these yeah. is you um you have to buy like bunches of them to get them all because they're yeah. mystery packs.
3: Yeah. I like oh, I've, I've I done like a Quill. few of the mystery packs of different character of like Marvel and stuff in the past. And it's very hard to collect all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also a set of enamel pins out,
2: um, like Job of the Hut, which I never realized he was tattooed on his forearm unless they just added that yeah. just for this pin. Um, there's Leia as Boosh and Lando in Skiff Guard disguise, and that's your Star Wars pop pins. So, uh, no harm nope. because he's, the, he's still the, stuck in carbonite.
0: I have the job of the Hutt bobblehead from Funko and he's got the same tattoo.
2: I mm. I'm going to have to go back and look at the film see if they actually put it on him in the film. So, um, any final thoughts?
0: I just want to say thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely. I hope yeah, you a lot more of your channel.
1: <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, it was, it was a pleasure joining you guys um i guess
2: while well, we still got a couple minutes you got a question for us chance to spin the tables on us
1: i'm sorry you, you broke up on me there were you asking me something do you want to spin the tables on us and ask us a question yeah you know the question i would have for you is uh let's go with a good old-fashioned one for each one of you which is what is your favorite star wars film and why
2: Ken, well, I, I you hate start these us questions, off. but I always have the same answer on mine.
0: Mine's got, mine's always uh, Return of the Jedi because that's the first, my first um, memory of Star Wars was going to see Return of the Jedi when I was a kid. There you go. Yeah, that's a perfectly viable answer to that too,
3: Derek. Uh, mine has always been and always will be Empire Strikes Back because you know, because it's Empire Strikes Back. It was. It was. a great, a great movie. And back in the day, when I was a little kid, and I found out about spoiler alert, Vader being Luke's father, that just blew my mind. No, it can't be.
1: <laughs> no.
3: So, so yeah, Empire. Empire's always been my favorite. I, I'm the same way. Empire's the top for me.
2: Um, just because. I mean, I remember seeing Star Wars. Uh, it's hard for me. I do call it at times A New Hope, but it's it's hard for me to do so because I grew up with it as Star Wars.
1: Star Wars. Yeah,
2: sure, um, sure. And I saw that it was a double feature at a drive-in movie theater, Star Wars followed by Star Wars. But it was <laughs> waiting for – and it was a great film, but it was waiting for are we going to get a second film and then to get what we got with Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Um, -hmm. and you know, we got the action so quick at the beginning. I mean, it just balls to the wall action, you know, with the battle on Hoth and then it slows down with the, with the training and then the whole element of, oh, they're going to try and do this to Luke, but oh, they're going to do it to Han and still try and do it to Luke. And, (laughs) and and then the leave you with the cliffhanger of I'm your father. No, really? Is this true? We're, yeah. Is there going to be another film to explain this? And if so, how long are we going to wait? Um, yeah, Um it, it was, it was perfect. And it wasn't until after empire that I started catching at the Saturday matinee shows at, at one of my local theaters um uh, in one of the many towns I lived in where they would show the old movie serials as well they would show two a week yep. before the prime before the the main saturday matinee feature then i learned okay this is what star wars is trying to set up to be like story wise is one of these movie serials now yep. i explains why i love empire so much cuz it's that peak Is that middle two or three episodes of an old movie serial all in one film. Yeah. And it just wraps up the Mandalorian works. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And let's not forget Lando Calrissian as well.
2: Very true. The second
1: act of a story is usually the most interesting and most entertaining of a series, right? Except for the
2: sequel trilogy.
3: Yeah, in I'll, my opinion, uh, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I completely disagree with you on that one. <laughs> out of out of a sequel trilogy, I'll take the last
1: Jedi over the other two. See, and and that right there defines Star Wars fans because yep. of of all the opinions that are out there, there are groups of people that that love each one for a different reason. And I've never been a fan of those that when someone like if someone like Derek comes to me and says, well, this is my favorite movie. My reaction is not these are all the reasons why it sucks, because that's the worst reason or that's the worst conversation you can have. Because each of us find our own passion somewhere in all of these. And with Star Wars, none of our favorite movies exist without all of it. Right, right. I'm not a big fan of the prequels. I, I I didn't like the way they looked. I didn't I didn't like a lot about them. But the right. movies I cherished didn't exist without those stories. Mhm.
0: Well, that's like there's also the other there. thing
3: is that yeah, for the other thing is like there's there is a an entire generation that grew up with the prequels. Sure. Grew up, or are growing yeah. up with the sequels. Like like we yeah. did with the originals, so.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a section of fans out there that, like, Resistance is their favorite Star Wars. Which, yeah, which of is, course. Or Rebels. Which is fine. Wars, yeah. Which
1: is fine. All of that.
0: Yeah, it's great. And when you go to a Star Wars celebration, I don't know if you if
1: you guys have gone. I've been but to But when three. you go to those, no, that's when you see how vast that experience is yeah. from mm-hmm. all the different ages of people that are there. And I feel bad for anyone that goes to those with a single mindset that this is the only Star Wars movie that makes any sense. And it's the only passion they have when there's room for a lot of it.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. In well, my opinion. <laughs> I
2: mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed the sequel trilogy. Uh, one, because it's Star Wars. For sure. me, I'm the most critical of Last Jedi. Um,
1: and and I could probably have a conversation with you about how critical I was of certain aspects of that, no question. And then well, I could probably have a conversation and, with Derek and say how much I loved so much about it. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I'm I, just like, hey. I, I, <laughs> we, we may have I'm to do
3: that. Of I'd be the most critical of Rise of Skywalker. So sure. See, there's, I, I there's am flaws in all of them. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm very critical. Of, <laughs> I'm, I'm critical of that one, but I'm not as critical as I am with Last Jedi.
0: Uh, do you guys I'm way more critical? Yeah. Hey, I I really don't get cr- super critical about any of them. I just love love it because it's Star Wars.
1: Yes, that's
0: that's where I'm at too. Ken,
1: I, do you all like or dislike Rogue One? Love
2: Rogue One. My number two is love ranked like number two it. of mine.
1: Why do you guys like it?
2: Because it's the video game I never got. <laughs>
1: I showed Fair
3: you enough. my I showed you yeah. my two foot tall K two S O right.
1: <laughs> you know what that movie didn't do to Star Wars fans? It didn't challenge any of us on our favorite things about Star Wars, right? Okay. It didn't mess with characters that we yeah. had a preconceived notion of what was going to happen. It didn't introduce characters that that would challenge the way we look at the universe. It was just a really cool war movie tied into something we already knew about but didn't get to see. Right. And that's why Mandalorian works for me too. It's I'll say,
0: that's exactly thing. what Mandalorian is.
1: Yes, it's the same thing. And I Which loved characters? finding out that the rebel, the Rebels were not a bunch of good guys. They were people yeah. trying to figure out how to be good guys. It Uh was cool. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. yeah. But it's also cool to see that not all of the empire is, you know, the big evil. Some of them are just soldiers trying to make it, you know, right. And and since
1: you're a bad guy, if you're, if you don't know you're a bad guy, right. There's no, that's, I love Empire gray, the color empire gray. And I think uh, one of the interviews with, uh, uh, with Ben, uh, oh, I can't remember his last name. He played uh, the the main bad guy in Rogue One. My goodness, Mendelson. Mendelson, Yeah. When he talks about, you know, you don't know. It's not black and white. It's it's gray. It's shades of gray. Whether you think you're a bad guy or not. Most of the Empire guys don't think they're being bad guys. Well, we've right. had the
0: discussion on here. I think a couple of weeks ago with someone that um, how the size of the galaxy. We see this one little story sure. in Star Wars. The yeah. size of the galaxy. There's whole sections of the galaxy. That the Empire just happens to be the guys in charge. They, right. uh, they, every, right. the people on the planet are just live their life, and it's just yeah. the Empire just yeah. happens to be the government that's in charge. And they may have heard rumors of of uh, these um, atrocities happening, and maybe it's a possibility. But they probably haven't because it has, okay. doesn't have anything to do with what they, where they're at. They yeah. just yeah. live their lives, and um, the Empire is not that oppressive to them because they're, it just doesn't need to be where they're at. Sure. Um, yeah. Just like um, the, the discussions on how could the Jedi have disappeared in 20 years and no one remembers them. They're just legends. Well, you got to think this. Once again, the size of the macro view of the universe and the galaxy, yeah. there may be 1,000 Jedi, but on 100 billion planets, 10,000 yeah. uh, 10, or even 100,000 Jedi – there's a whole section of the you have never even heard of a Jedi.
1: Sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. All right.
2: Well, I, ha- I hate to do this, but I got to bring us to the final question of the night. Brian, can you remind people where they can find you online?
1: Sure. Yeah. But you can find us on YouTube. Just look for The Smuggler's Room on YouTube, or you can go to uh, thesmugglersroom.com, and we have links to all of our social media and YouTube channel there. Excellent.
2: And on that note, I'm just going to say happy smuggling.
0: Give the evacuation code signal. Cut the
2: chatter. Jake, I can hold it. Pull no, I'm all right. Ah! I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of the R2 unit.
3: I've lost R2. She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts, kid. I've made a lot of special modifications myself.
0: I'm Brittany Petrino. And I'm Martha Bartlett. We've been nerds since day one, and we love to talk.
3: And now we're your hosts of But but First, Let's let's Talk Nerdy.
0: Come listen if you like anything from comics, anime, video games, sci-fi, and even history.
3: Just sit back, relax, even join us with a drink in hand, because we'll have one in ours too, and come
0: talk nerdy with us every Tuesday. We are now a proud member of the ESO Network, and you can download wherever you like to listen. See you next Tuesday.
1: This has been a Weebie Geeks production.